0: we haven't met before. I'm Ashley. I'm the senior pastor here. And man, we have such an exciting morning today. Uh, We're going to be interviewing three sets of people of hope. And man, if you were here at 9 a.m., make some noise. Come on. It was so good. I can't wait to hear everybody's stories here at 11 a.m. I'm so proud of just all the people of Hope that we're going to be interviewing today. And I just love hearing what God is doing in people's lives. As we reflect back on 2023, I just want to encourage you, look back on the year and look for a moment where you can thank God for something he did in your life, something in your personal life, and then something that you just love that he did at Hope Church. Maybe it's something you saw on the video. Maybe it was a message that spoke to you. Maybe it was a moment in Worship. Look for those two things and share them with your spouse or your mom or your dad or your friend, but just to reflect and celebrate 2023. But this morning, we're moving forward into 2024. We're talking about some stories. We're in this series called Most Wonderful Time, all about how God gives us this gift of time and what we get to do with it and how we invest it. And to kick us off, we have Chakuri and Shioma Okoro. And come on. You guys have been coming to Hope about three years? How long has it been now? Three years. Yeah. That's awesome. And they originally hail from Nigeria. So tell us, growing up, how'd you get to know Jesus?
1: Okay, for me, I got to know God when I was in middle school. So we back in Nigeria, you have dormitories or hostels, we'll call it, boarding house, we'll call them. So when you are at the age of 11, 12, you live in school, and then your parents come to visit you, but you stay there for the whole semester, and you get to go home during summer breaks. So being in that environment, you had um, just the students. were in there. We had uh, very few adults in there, but we, there are people that used to come from the colleges that would introduce Have fellowship with us. So they would come tell us about God. I grew up in a Christian home. We went to church. But in middle school was when I got to know about God. So that was when I got saved. Those students will come, they'll share God's love with us, they'll tell us more about God, they'll say, You need to be saved. They will preach. We had like different sessions and ministrations that we would have. And For me, that was the first time I really encountered the Holy Spirit. That was the first time I I got to know who the person of God is rather than just what you read or hear from going to church.
0: I love that because it's another generation investing in your generation and you're part of our Hope Kids teams next door and you're doing the same things for Mm -hmm. kids now that somebody did for you. That's so cool. What about you?
2: Yeah, so um, something similar. I went to... For middle school, I went to a boarding house, not the one that she went to. Um, so, uh, you know, again, we go to church. I, I went to Sunday schools, um, but I never really heard about getting saved, and it, it, it wasn't in the dictionary for us. Um, but when I got to middle school, uh, we were a part of the pioneer set of my school, and uh, we didn't have anything going on, no church and all that. There's a, a kid from a Christian home who just decided, decided to start church. So he just started church, 11-year-old. And so it was an 11-year-old that led me to know who God is. So I got saved at that age. Um, so but, you know, as life will have it, I think about the time I was about 16 years old, I fell off. Um, so I had these two hard years of not knowing God and just um, being kind of hopeless. Um, but I knew I needed to go back to God. So the best thing that happened to me was just... Two months before going into college, my brother, my elder brother, now he was in college already. He got saved in college. He came back home and I said, hey, you know, you need to go back. And I still remember that day, and I gave my life back to God. And um, it was the best thing that happened to me. And ever since, uh, we've been on cruise control.
0: <laughs> I love it so much. So you both met Jesus separately, and then you met each other. Tell us about this.
1: Okay, we went to the same college uh, back home in Nigeria. I was a freshman in college. He was in his final year in college. So the same uh, student Christian movement fellowship that we had in middle school was existing in my college when I got there. So I knew I was going to join the fellowship when I got to to college. So when I got there, then he was there. being in the final year of college, so we, they had uh, this pro- discipleship programs where those that are coming in would have to go through these classes. So one of the classes that I went for, he was the
0: teacher. Ooh.
1: <laughs> well, he said it was mentorship, but I, I, I'll give it to you. It was, it was...
0: He's like, I want to mentor her. Yeah.
2: So, so it was um, basically, um, at that point, much more for me was more of mentorship. So there's quite a lot of people that I was mentoring. And uh, she happened to be one of them. Um, so, you know, I, you know, as time went on, you said, oh, is, is there something here? Um, but I didn't let her know about it until two years later. Then I have left school. Two years after I have left school, I came back and I told her, hey, can we take this to the next level? And she said, no. Um, so it took another, so she said no right away, and uh, she didn't even think about it. Um, but it took another two, I waited another two whole years before she said yes. So it took me four years to get her, four years.
1: Oh, well, Worth you gotta wait. Keep, you gotta keep in mind, the brother was, had two years, he was thinking about it, and the sister had zero days to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta say no. You can't the surprise time. her like that. no. The sister has to hear from the Lord first, too, and I was like, no. (laughs) But we are here now.
0: Aren't they so cute when they talk about each other? They're beaming. You know, these guys, they're some of the most joy-filled people that you're meeting. They're so funny. When you guys are just sharing stories together, it's so sweet. I love it so much. All right, so you got together, you got married, and then kind of tell us, how did you end up over here in the States? Um, maybe you want to take us back to your college days
2: okay so um take that back um just talk about the power of prayer I mean all of our lives um i there's a million things to talk about but uh talk about prayer is 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 my happy place you know like it's like what is the joy of my life. And, Come on, and
0: prayer is your happy place. I happy like place. that.
2: It's, it's really, if I have all the time, I want to just stand in God's presence. Um, um, but uh, so talking about that and just to talk about the reality of it. So um, there's a million things, but just share one thought. Um, so a background. I grew up in a family where the premium of my family is education is a premium, we don't do sports, we don't do, we don't do any other thing, we just go to school. That's all, you know, and so having high grades is, is love. It's, there's nothing else, you don't bring anything to the table, it's, that's just it. Um, so, and I've done well in school, in fact I skipped a class, uh, I've always done well in school. Um, so when I got to college, um, you know, again, I just got uh, saved again. Two months before, and so I was passionate and all that, and, and um, going in. Um, I think there's one thing that I forgot. I, 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 Nobody really told me, or I should have known, is that my uh, education, schooling, is a form of worship to God. That when I, I put in all my best in what I do, I am actually worshiping. And so I kind of put my. Uh, I, I, I would say I didn't. I didn't do a hundred percent. That one was very sure. So, um. Usually grades, uh, grade system is similar to the British. So you come out of college, you get either a first class, a second class upper, a second class lower, a pass, a third class, and then a pass, and then a failure. So I came out of school with a second class lower, and it's an average average grade. We don't do average in my house, we don't. Um, And so I came back home, I still remember, uh, when the results came out, I was walking into the house, I saw my uncle, I said, hey, my uncle, I told him, "Uh, my result is out. And I showed it to him. He said, oh, what did you get? Um, Second class lower. I said, oh, congratulations, but you know we expected more from you. And the truth is that I, yes, my talent level was more than that. I should get a second class upper. And if I strive, I should get a first class. Um, That was my talent level. And so he said that, and I walked in. And then later on, my dad uh, came back and, like, hey, I said, I, I, I just, um, this is my result. My result is out. I said, thank you for your support. And he looked at it and he said, all my support is this, what is all, all what? And he threw it away. And, um, and, you know, I went and picked up that paper and, like, and I went to my room. I cried and I cried and then I slept. And then, but I woke up about 12 midnight uh, to pray. And I just started praying and I just like, I said, God, I give this to my uncle. He said, congratulations, but we expected more from you. Yes, I expect more from myself. Um, I said, I gave it to my father and my dad just threw it away. And I didn't know when I said this, but I said, God, I give it to you. I give the same result to you. And I asked, are you gonna tear it? And when I said that, Obviously, I started crying and like, but in that moment, just a Bible verse just came into my mind. It was Psalm 27, verse 10, which says, when your father and your mother forsake you, I will pick you up. And, and wow. when, I, when I heard that word, amen, I, you know, when I, I didn't know what Psalm 27, verse 10 was, by the way. I had to pick up my Bible, say, what is Psalm 27, verse 10? And I looked at it, and that was what he said. And then, and I prayed over that, say, God, you see I, this what um, take out every limitation that is on this on this results. I say, God, what a first class person cannot get this this result is going to get for me and um, and I remember the next morning doing my choice, Charles singing, and just I was. I was filled with joy the next morning. I was just singing and just drew my chores. And, and for that all, um, you know, I, I've always wanted to go to, do a master's program um, and had to do that abroad and God opened the doors for that. But when that happened, I mean, uh, there was no money. Going to school is expensive, but I, I had zero money in my account. And the people that should have helped me, they couldn't help me. It's like I couldn't get... And, and I needed to leave because I was late for school already because my visa came out late. I needed to leave like yesterday. And nobody could help me. And i um, Cut it short, in six days, I was able to raise up money to t- go. And it wasn't from the people that I was expecting from. Just, it wasn't. It was just miraculous ways, and God provided for me. Got to school, and of course, I had some Nigerians who were in that school. It's in Sweden, Jama's uh, University of Technology in Sweden. And um, all of them had very good grades. All of them, their first class, even the f- best person in my school was coming to the school. Um, he was, yeah. So, you know, all of them had good grades and, you know, they could talk about how great the grades they had. I couldn't talk about mine because I had an average grade. and But I was the only one that had that grade that was accepted to school. Wow. And, but you fast forward that, amen. And you fast forward that also, is uh, uh, you know, like when we graduated, I mean, I was the only person that was asked to do a PhD program with, uh, with my department and none of them were, and, and it was offered to me, I didn't even ask for it. Um, of, of course, I made up for my missteps in, in my uh, in my bachelor's, So, but I had a better offer um, to go to Belgium to do that, and uh, so I, I, I said, okay, uh, thank you, professor, but I, I have to go to another place, and I took another PhD offer. And um, you know, I just thought it was a regular place, you know, you're just like, hey, um, these people are, are doing the research that is, I'm, I'm interested in. I want to just, okay, I send a mail. Hey, is this something that I could join? And like I did the interview. Boom, I got there. But I didn't understand where I was walking into. I didn't understand that this was really like one of the best places in the world when it comes to research in my field. I had no clue. Um, and But what God has done all this while is really, so again, what is the prayer? I said, God, take away... Um, every limitation of this paper and and what those um you know um who have better grades couldn't get this grade is gonna get for me and like <laughs> I've seen that over and over again, uh, be bit coming to the States to work at a federal lab, um, National Institute of and Technology. I mean, like, you're walking around, you see Nobel Prize winners. Like, we have, like, five Nobel Prize winners at NIST nice in the last 30 years. Those are the people that you're walking around with. Is like, so, um, it, it, I, I didn't need to strive to be in those places, and but, like, God just really took out all that. So, um, just looking back and see the power of prayer that we have a God um, who cares about us more than any other person can. And that when we go to him, um, you know, sincerely, remembering that we are his children, and he does things that nobody else could do.
0: Come on, that's so good. So you had, you know, these grades from kind of coasting in school. And you didn't let that define you, you know? You took it to God. You could have stopped at this place where you're like, "Wow, my family's disappointed and you could have been like, "Oh, I'm the worst." But you didn't. You took it to God. You're like, "God, what do you think? What do you do with this?" And he's like, "Hey, I don't forsake you." And just that faith to ask him, "Don't let this paper define me." And how Over and over, he gave you opportunities, and you rose to the occasion for every opportunity. But you trusted him for each one of those steps, and he just continued to unfold his plan. So, tell us about kind of all your different job opportunities, and you know you were working and uh, had a little one at home, and uh, how did God unfold all of that?
1: So, moving over to the states, we we did his PhD program ended, and we had to come. We started looking for a job. We didn't have any job opening. I was already doing my master's program in Belgium then. We had uh, none yet. then, she was about two-year-old, and going to school, working at a manufacturing plant at night so that I could support the family. So it was kind of very hard. And I remember praying then during the night bus rides. I was like, God, when is this going to end? When will this season end? Because it was just so stressful. But what we did not realize is that even though it took us about eight months for him to get another job god was doing something in the background we couldn't see it that's a whole story on it looks as though there was nothing happening because it was just all silent it was all quiet and he just kept wondering one month has gone two three eight months later and you're like when is this season going to end but when we finally got an offer to come to the National Institute of Standards and Technology in Maryland. And I remember the UPS guy bringing the, the package of the offer and we just hugged ourselves and just knelt down and prayed and just like, wow, God, finally this is over. And then we moved over to the States. So in Maryland we also spent like five years there, then his contract ran out. Now we are back to the same spot, looking for a job. Done. Uh, I was walking then, so which was good. I was. I didn't have any kids in school, but we had two kids then, and it a was. A third one on the way. No, we didn't have that. We ha- oh yeah, we had a third one, <laughs> <laughs> and a third one on the way.
2: <laughs> yeah, but we.
1: It, it was a different. It was different that season. It was still the same. Eight months or nine months wait period, but the waiting was different. It wasn't, we weren't anxious anymore like we were when we were in Belgium. We knew that God is doing something, even though we can't see it we're come like god on. you've been you've done this before yes. so this is a different another time we know you're gonna come through he will wake up every morning take a shower dress up like he's going to work i'm like if it's me i'm not dra- taking a shower one i am putting my pajamas and i'll still be looking for a job but no he will still wake up i'll d- wake up and go to work but even before i took a shower he's already taking a shower put on his belt i was like why would you Dress up, you're in the house. But it's like, yeah, I'm still looking for a (laughs) job. But it it, it was a different waiting period. Our attitude was different. We weren't as stressed as we were before. And God showed up again, just like he did. Uh, We talked about the the, um, first Kings. When Elijah talked about the friend mind that was going to come, and God told him, okay, go by the river. There's a brook there. The ravens will bring you food. And he went over there. The Bible said that when the brook dried up, God sent him, sent him to the zerafite lady to provide for him. So that was the word that we held on to. We were like, no matter what is happening, if this brook is going to dry up, God is going to provide for us. And it's just That's a whole really good. long story Somebody about needs that. to
0: hear that today in a waiting season. Yep. When the brook dries up, there will be provision there on the will other be side of it. Yes. And,
1: there will be, and God actually showed up. Just at the very last moment, Like we, we were taking unemployment. We, we couldn't know if we were going to keep our rent or not. We had to end the rent in July. So he lost his contract in February. In July, we we're like, we, have, we can't sign this contract. We have to end it because we need to move out of the apartment in September. We didn't know where we were going to go to. We didn't know what job we were going to have, but we knew we were going to move out of this apartment to somewhere else. September 1st, we still don't have a job offer. We have to leave the house we're before packing. September 30th. We already started packing our bags. We we're like, OK, we're just going to put them in the box. We'll figure out where we're going to go.
0: I love your expectation, getting dressed every day to go to work. Packing up our belongings because we know we're moving. We don't know where. Yeah,
1: we're gonna go somewhere, so you could pick it up from there.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, so so it was it was a uh, you know for us different things happening at that same time. Is of course we didn't know what to do, what, where to go, and um, but we know that we couldn't sign a contract for another one year. Uh, Because if we break the contract, I mean, we're going to pay like six months. We have to pay six months for breaking the contract. And so we just thought and prayed about. We felt, oh, God is telling us, okay, just put all your chips at the center of the table. Just let it go. And so we didn't know where we're going to stay and all that. But September, we started packing, just packing September. And um, September 15th was the last day I could, it was my last check of unemployment. So that was the last one. So I remember driving in uh, to, the, uh, you know, to the bank to get that last check and coming back home knowing that that was the last check. And then that was the day the phone rang. The and
0: brook dried up.
2: Yeah, the brook, brook died up indeed. And, and that was the moment that the phone rang and, uh, from Conan and said, hey, we're offering you just this job.
0: Ooh, thank exactly you, Jesus. The day,
2: yeah. and, and the job itself is... You know, like I tell people, I never applied for that job. Um, I've been up, uh, you know, my uh, based on my background, my kind of jobs are in Silicon Valley. That, that, that was the area I was looking at. So all the jobs that I was applying was around those area. And, um, but the thing was that, oh, a recruiter saw my profile on LinkedIn I said, uh, and sent an email to me and said, hey, do you care about applying for this job? I looked at it. Hmm. I don't know anything about glass. Um, I looked at the job description. Okay, I could see my transferable skills. I say, hmm, I'll just apply for one more job. A hundred and one, the hundred and one job. Let me just apply for it. And so, um, so that was what it was. And like, uh, I, that was how we got here. And so, I look at my skills. It's unbelievable that how I could solve problems. I could use my background to solve problems that are related to glass that I I know nothing about. I could look at things differently from every other person, and that has been opening a lot of doors for me. And it's, I mean, if it's, I really wouldn't have thought about it. It's it's just God walking things out.
0: I love that. You're perfectly suited for the job that he's given you. Yep. And it fits your your skills, your passions, your education. Yep. Like it's perfectly designed for you. And that's what God does. You know, he has purposes for us that fulfill us. He doesn't want us to just, you know, suffer through life, but he gave you a job that's exactly who you are. And then he also gave you a job. So you guys moved up here. You got one job, but it was too far away.
1: Yeah. So when we got here, I got a job at Alstom. So it's a train company at Hornell. It's about an hour drive. So then the baby has showed up and baby was still very little and I have to drive an hour to Hornell. And I I did that for a couple months and I was like, God, this is not working. I can't just keep driving an hour back and forth from work. I, I need something different. I interviewed with Corning for like some three positions, but nothing was coming forward. And I was like, okay, God, I just have to quit this other job and we've got to figure something out. And when I told them I was going to stop, not even knowing where I was going, a couple of days before my birthday, I got a, a call back from Corning that they were offering me a position. I was like, whoa, God, what a wonderful birthday present. <laughs> that i get to receive but it just shows you that god is always walking no matter you have to trust him i say god I, I leave this up to you even though i don't understand the process that He's going to take i don't understand how you're going to do it but i could rest in the fact that god is doing something even though i can not see it i know he's actually working
0: that's so beautiful so now you get to work for the same company you been married 16 years 17 16 16 years <laughs> Beautiful girls. Once a teenager, got some little girls. This whole fun season of life.
1: Oh, yeah. Very fun season (laughs) of life. Yeah, we got a a 14-year-old, a 10, and a 6. And it's just beautiful for me. I love also the age gap because you get to see every season of it. The teen might... Get you all riled up, and the the six-year-old might give you a hug, and you're like, ah, oh, that's beautiful. Right, the middle one also gives you extra hugs, <laughs> so that's a good sweet spot.
0: So, what what are you guys looking forward to in 2024? What's God teaching you in this season? What are you expecting from Him this next year?
2: Yeah, I think for us, um, looking at this year, uh, coming year, it's it's uh, understanding seasons. I think it's much more of. Of that, um, you know, I think uh, what comes to mind also is what Esther said, uh, no, Mordecai told Esther, accent, telling her that it, it, you, maybe you were born for such a time as this, mm-hmm. to realize that um, in the season we are in now, I think God, not I think, I know that God has given us so much, um, so for us is it's time to Mentorship, you know, is starting to really, like, try to use that uh, for, you know, to help other people. So um, I think for us, that's the the direction that we uh, are leaning towards. And, 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 uh, yeah, so we're looking forward to all that God has for us, and uh, we're excited about it.
0: Yeah, leaving a legacy, investing in people. And you guys are so good at that. I'm excited Mm -hmm. for when our groups start up, and you have a a group to lead and disciple in your home, too. Did you want to add anything?
1: yeah I, I like I mentioned the last group, you always think of yourself as you don't have much to give, you don't have anything to offer, you're always the youngest in the group, but as I begin to look around, i'm now the oldest in the group, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, no, you can 't give that excuse anymore. You have now way more to give than you, you you would want to admit, so I think for us it's a season where we need to stretch ourselves more and say yes to a lot of. Things that we could have said no to before because you're thinking, ah, I don't think I wanna do that, but.
0: Yeah, thinking somebody like, else will do it. And you're like, no, no, yeah, no, no you're the I'm the person. That's so cool, I love that. I was telling these guys at nine, uh, last night we were watching a, a show as a family, uh, Is It Cake? And we're like, who do you think is gonna win, kids? And our son Ryder, he's like, the old guy with the gray hair. I'm like, he's the same age as your dad. The old guy? It's so funny. But well, I, I love it, embracing the season that you're in. Uh, something else that we didn't really get to talk about, but you started coming to hope for your children because you love hope kids and hope youth, I love it. And then in the process, God had things for you here too and the desires of your heart. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
2: <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's just, you know, just how God makes things beautiful. So you, uh, for us, we put our kids ahead of ourselves, um, which most parents do. Um, so spiritually, that was also the reason why we, we made the move, was because of them. It wasn't because of us. I, I was very comfortable. We were comfortable where we were before, but they needed more than what, we, what they were given. And so for us, uh, coming in here was okay. Um, it's about them. But just to, when God switches that around to see, okay, this is exactly the church that I need, that everything, I could see how the giftings that God has given to us, that we could use it, and you could feel, oh, I am now a part of the church, that this is my family. It's no longer, again, my children's church. Um, it is my church. I think it's, it's just beautiful to see that uh, as we look at especially this year, just how everything has kind of uh, all come together. It just reminds me of the video we, we did the last year, Yeah, this time last year. And just what we're looking forward to this year is what we've seen. Um, It just really God, you know, showing his faithfulness. and, And we could see that, hey... This is our church, and uh, every, everything God has given to us, we could use it for His glory here, and mm-hmm. everything has kind of fitted fit together. together. So yeah. it's
0: beautiful. Come on, thank you Jesus. Thank you for saying yes to Him in so many ways. I'm so thankful for you guys, I'm so proud of you. So honored to share this stage with you. Let's give it up for these guys. Thank you, Jesus, for their life story. over and over. Provision. So amazing. All right, next we have Hannah Cuomo. Come on out here, Hannah. So excited to hear her story. Hannah is one of the teachers at our school, Hope Christian Academy. And you've been coming to Hope a couple years as well. Tell us, how did you come to know Jesus? Yeah, I
3: grew up, I was so grateful growing up in a Christian house. Um, I met Jesus at a pretty young age. Um, I actually remember I was um, in my brother's bedroom my older brother, and he led me through the prayer on the, on the bottom bunk of his bunk bed. It was a really sweet moment. Um,
0: I love this. Yeah. Are you seeing this pattern of children leading children to Jesus? It's so powerful. Come on.
3: Yeah. Um, and really, my relationship with him at that point and moving forward was sadly based out of religion. Um, I internalized a lot of religious things, feeling like I needed to be good enough for him um, to be a certain person, act a certain way, do certain things. Um, and so I related a lot to God out of religion. Um, and it's funny, looking back on it now as an adult and thinking about my testimony and all this stuff, I remember, because growing up I didn't really learn a lot about the Holy Spirit, but he was after me with religion from the beginning (laughs) I remember there was a dream that I had really young and I didn't really realize the impact that it was but I was basically trying to chase after the devil um, like trying to just figure out um, how can I make the things that I did better or how can I pay for the things I did or things like that and
0: um, as a little child as who, a little you kid. know, really doesn't do that much wrong, but that's right. a, that's a heavy feeling.
3: It was, yeah, it was really heavy. And the whole time during this dream, Jesus was behind me like, hey, you can stop. You you just look at me. It's okay. You can, you don't have to chase him anymore. And again, I didn't get it as a kid. I was just like, oh, that was a weird dream. <laughs>
0: I love that though. You know, you, you trusted in Jesus by faith. And then what so many of us do is then, okay, now I have to be good because I'm following Jesus and I want to be good for him. And somehow we get this religious thought in our mind that, uh, you know, I received by faith, but now I have to prove that I'm good enough, that I've earned this. And, you know, salvation isn't something that we earn or deserve. And we, you know, we receive it from Jesus. And so I love how he was pursuing you. Like, no, 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 you don't, you don't have to try to pay for those things. I already paid for those things come over here to me
3: yeah and so that that's pretty much where I lived was in this religious place for a while Um, I related to people out of that way too so like I felt like I needed to be a certain person for certain people and that's really hard to do because it's always a moving target (laughs) no and nobody's the same so I, I it's really, exhausting. It's exhausting, and I felt like a different person with different groups of people. It it wasn't fun, and um, eventually I came to the end of myself. I was depressed, anxious all the time. I didn't really want to be here anymore. Um, I was I was pretty much yeah I was at the end of my rope. I was done, um, and still trying to do this religious thing of being the person for everyone. And honestly, at this point, God was kind of in the background because really the religion in me was like, you're not clean enough. You're not good enough. Don't try to relate to him. Um, And so at the time I was going to my parents' church and I had been having lots of panic attacks during the services. Like I would sit there and just be like, I need to get out of here. (laughs) Um, And it was basically just that. It was religion telling me I wasn't good enough to be here. You should feel shame and guilt and all of these things for the things that you've done, and there's nothing that you can do to fix it. And it was, it felt really hopeless. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and those are lies from the enemy. But that's what he wants us to believe, you know, so that we can stay stuck. And so you're going to church. Feel lots of anxiety and panic, which is not what God wants for you. Nope. And then you decided to come here.
3: Yes, um, I was actually trying to run away from the situation of the <laughs> panic attacks, um, but you know, God had me right where he wanted me. Um, and so I came here, I started to, um, it was really cool, first day I was here, I met my husband, Josh, He's somewhere, there he is, back there. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. yeah.
0: Church is a great place to meet someone if you're single. It's
3: true. Ten out of ten, recommend. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, so I met my husband here. Um, I started getting to know God, but there was still this religious place that I was relating to him out of, um, like, God's great, but what about this thing? Or I still can't be good enough for this. Or there was a lot of comparison going on, too. Like, I'm not as good as that other person, though, so oh no, God can't love me that much.
0: Yeah, or haven't arrived yet. So meanwhile, so you're going to church, you got married, yay. You have a job uh, as a teacher, and you're pretty stressed about that. So tell us a little bit about that.
3: Yeah, so I was working in public school at the time. Um, I was pretty anxious about a lot of things, again, because religion and a lot of things, and another thing was control, and Um, Religion likes things to be perfect and smooth, and when you work with kids, it doesn't work like that. It never does. (laughs) Um, I worked with middle school, high school kids, so I had no control. Um, And so it really, it brought me to a place where I couldn't, I was anxious all the time, I really wouldn't sleep a lot. Um, My relationships were suffering. It wasn't a place where I could really heal from a lot of the things that I needed to, Um, but...
0: (laughs) So you would take personal days, just mental health days to just try to get away from it all, Yeah. but it really wasn't the solution. So you applied for a different job and you got kind of your dream job offer to another public school, really Mm -hmm. great offer. Um, And then that same day, I also gave you a job offer yeah. for HCA <laughs> and uh you know at the time I'm like hey we can I can see two really cool paths that God has for you. He's giving you options. And you know you you can't mess it up. He's letting you choose. So here's this really great option where you know a dream job um it's what you went to school for, really good pay. And over here is working for HCA and our pay is not as competitive but what we can offer is chapel every day and talking about Jesus with the kids all the time a place to heal a safe place a peaceful place and you know so kind of drop this bomb on you in the same day like you could do this path or you could do this path here you go your choice (laughs) and so how did you feel about all that
3: well, it's funny because I had actually accepted the other job.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that.
3: Yeah, and then I had to call them back and be like, "So sorry." <laughs> um, yeah, I I was fully on board. Um, my husband, on the other hand was not. (laughs) And he will admit that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So he's always said, you know, one of his things that he's learning is just with finances, trusting God there. And so this was a big opportunity Mm. to just trust in that finance place. And so long story short, you guys said, yes, we want to trust God in this area. We want to go for this job. And it's been so cool seeing how God has provided for your finances just along the way.
3: Yeah. So he's really, he's shown up when we did it, we, we worked out a budget and it was fine. We were gonna be fine. But he's shown up in so many unexpected ways that were more than fine. He's blessed us in so many ways where it's like, oh, that bill that we thought we were gonna have is way less than we thought it was gonna be. Or like, we had an emergency with one of our cats. He got sick and we had to take him to the vet. And our vet, our credit card bill was that amount lower for that month pretty much. So we really didn't have to spend extra money out of our budget or out of our savings. So just crazy things like that, where he's shown up and just be like, you trusted me, Yeah, good, thank you. Come on, yeah, yeah, he cares about
0: the desires of your heart and he wants to take care of you. When we're in religion, we're trying to take care of ourselves. God's over here like, I would like to take care of you too. I have things that I would like to provide if you'll let me. So um, you started work here in September and then in November you kind of had this Holy Spirit encounter and it kind of started in the summer too, so you want to tell us about that?
3: Yeah, so in the summer I actually kind of had like a wake-up call um one of one of my friends called me out very sweetly and just said you're not really being real. And I was like you're right and that's scary for me to admit, but you're right. Um and I didn't really recognize that at the time as, you know, this religious thing comparing trying to be the person people needed. Um but started practicing vulnerability and things like that and Um, In November, we had a staff day, um, which is unlike any other staff days I've ever been to. But um, we sat down for lunch, and we just put on this sermon from another church. And the guy was talking about hope and hopelessness, and he asked the people at their church, okay, if you feel hopeless, please stand up. Somebody will come over and pray with you. And we're all kind of looking around like, are we doing this? Or are we just going to watch them do it? Or are we? What are there's we like eight here? of you in the room. So it's yeah. like, hello. We're all just kind of like looking around. And one of the teachers stood up. So I was like, okay, we're doing it. We're doing this thing too. Okay. Um, and so we did. And at first I didn't really know what it was. I was like, I feel hopeless in this area. I feel like there's just something in between me and God. There's something that's not allowing me to connect to him as much as I want to I don't I I want to be closer to him and I couldn't really put my finger on it but we started praying and um, really it it kind of is a little bit of a blur of what happened but um, one of the one of the big things was a teacher came over and started praying for me and she had a picture of something that I had a picture of over the summer which was like five months before and when you're in prayer and worship yeah
0: that's a great place by the way to hear from the Holy Spirit and kind of learn how to hear from him okay sorry
3: (laughs) (laughs) it's okay Uh, so um it was a picture of just like broken mine was broken glass hers was broken pottery but it's being put back together um with gold it's actually a real art form that happens but it's making a masterpiece out of something broken. And she's like, that's what's happening to you right now. You're being rebuilt, and it's going to turn out to be so beautiful. And so that was like, okay, I'm listening. (laughs) What's going on now? And another teacher came over and said, okay, but there's something that's gotta come off of you first. And it really, they, they asked me, what's, think of a word, what's just one word that you can say that's that's the thing. And um, my word was worthy. I didn't feel worthy. Um, because religion had shown me y- you're never going to be enough. You're not going to be able to do enough. And in reality, that's true. <laughs> um, but it, in that moment, I was like, oh, I was never... I was never going to be worthy. The only person who makes me worthy is Jesus. Come on. <laughs> and it was so cool in that moment that it was just like, oh, that, that was the thing. That was, oh, OK, cool. So I can just relax about all of this now.
0: <laughs> and it sounds so simple, but it went from just head knowledge of, yes. I'm sure you've heard that a million times, oh, but to really knowing it in your spirit and feeling free, like, wait a second, Jesus makes me worthy. I believe this is true. And so then how, has, how have things changed since then?
3: Um, Tell I us about just, the lion. Yeah, the lion. Um, I experienced freedom from the day forward, but it's like the, there was one point where a teacher was preaching in chapel and she was talking about the Lion of Judah. Jesus is the Lion of Judah. He roars. He's not a quiet lion. And um, one of the questions that she asked was, okay, we're supposed to be like, Jesus, do you use your roar? And I was like, no, I don't use my roar. And I actually got mad about it. I was like, wait a second. I have not been using my roar this entire time. This is ridiculous. Um, and so it just lit a fire under me. I actually, went. I went downstairs and I was like journaling about it. I was like, not anymore. Um, and so it lit a fire under me for prayer, for worship, for just speaking,
0: preaching in chapel preaching, preaching yeah. at hope youth not no no pressure of religion no. they went from you know i don't know if i can do anything good enough and so why should i even try to all i have is nothing. I bring it to you, Jesus, who I am. You love me the way I am, and I just bring my relationship with you. That's enough. That's what you want, and so you feel free to pray for people and free to tell kids about Jesus, and it's been so cool seeing just how just this one little switch has just changed your whole life, and you were saying even your laugh has changed.
3: Yeah, it just feel, it's more, it's literally, it sounds different. It's like a more full laugh, and I laugh more, and just the Holy Spirit has given me lots of chuckles recently. <laughs> um, but it's just. The fruit been, of the spirit of joy, fruit of the spirit just. Of joy.
0: Coming yeah. up out, bubbling out. It's really cool. I love it. <laughs> and that's impacting your marriage, your relationship with your parents?
3: Yeah. There's, I mean, I related to them out of religion too, so I needed to be the person for them. And there was pressure and everything like that. And in our marriage, It's The pressure has been lifted, so all of the things, like, of course we still get in dumb fights, marriages too, but the things that, the little things that used to bug me so much or whatever, they don't really bother me anymore, we don't fight as much. Um, I realized that there was a place where I, it was a religious thing of you need to feel bad enough, and he called me out on it early, and I was like, I don't do that. And then now I'm like, oh, I definitely did that. I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, and then my relationship with people and my parents, it just feels like there's so much pressure lifted because I don't need to be the person that they want me to be anymore. I can just relate to them as who I am. And they're just like a confidence in who I am in Jesus that's made me feel more free to just speak and do and have fun with them.
0: <laughs> and be who God made you to be. Yeah. I love that so much. Jesus says, are you tired? Are you weary? Are you burned out on religion and this pressure and all of these things that you think you have to do? Come to me. I'll show you how to take a real rest. I'll help you recover your life. My yoke is easy. My burden's light. That's exactly what you're living right now. And, and it's not perfect. I mean, you were in the hospital last week for kidney stones, for crying out loud. But But even in all of that, God is with you. and even the hard things when they come at you you can handle them different you have grace for those things you don't have to do them all by yourself I love that so what are you looking forward to in 2024 what what's God speaking to you about as we look into next year
3: yeah I'm just I'm excited to just trust him more like I look over this past year and it's been every time that I've surrendered or said yes to him he's shown up and he's been faithful so I'm like okay You've shown me, I believe you. And we're headed into so many new things. Like we're, we're having a baby in April. So lots of new things, but we're we're excited. And I like things that used to scare me because I don't, I don't know, it, it might not work out. Can't control it. Can't control it. Now I'm just like, okay, it's probably not gonna look the way I want it to, but that's okay. I trust you and I want, I just wanna walk with you through it. I just want you to be close to me. And so, yeah, just being able to trust, let go, and follow wherever he's leading.
0: I love that. Knowing he's faithful, and you can trust him. And that, that whole walk with me, work with me, watch how I do. it. You're just walking with him. And it's fun, and it's an adventure. I love it. Thank you so much, Hannah. Come on, let's give it up for Hannah, sharing her story with Jesus, going from religion to grace. So, so good. Thank you. Lastly, we're bringing out Brian Bailey. Come on out here, Brian. He's been going to Hope since he was a little boy. I'm excited for you to hear from him. All right, tell us, how'd you come to know Jesus?
4: <laughs> okay, um, well, my, uh, it's, a lot of it is uh, originally from my grandmother. Um, my, I had one of those Holy Spirit believing speak half time she was speaking to me in tongues you know kind of a little bit grandmother um she was wonderful um and i also had a wonderful grandfather who i might mention later but um but she uh she would tell me time and time again you know bible talks about um the one generation sharing to the next generation, praising, praising the Lord from one generation to the next generation, a.k.a. telling the stories of what God has done. And she made sure that I never forgot what what happened. So at age four, um, at a place called um, uh, Watson Homestead, used to have camp meetings, like... Uh, when we were, when I was little, we would, we were. It was through the assemblies of God at the time. Uh, my parents actually, my dad played guitar. My mom and him would sing together, um, so they were actually on stage singing. I was sitting with my grandparents, and uh, at age four, uh, my grandmother says that I got up and I went down, you know, at the altar call, and and that was that's the first time that I responded to the gospel and you know as as a four year old can give your heart to to jesus i I grew up in church um, I was taught about God all my life um, My dad was the first one saved in our family before before he was married to my mom. Uh, he moved to New York City met my mom uh, she I believe was already saved going to the church she goes to or she went to. Um, and I was actually born. I was actually born in Brooklyn. There's a fun fact for you. I was actually did born did not in Brooklyn. know that. Um, my grandparents, uh, somewhere along the line, uh, with us visiting, my dad was talking to my grandparents. My grandparents uh, both got saved, um, and I was quite young, like I said. And, and my grandfather was like, "Hey, bring bring my grandson back here, and I'll give you some land." So we moved back. I was like one. It was in 1974. Oops. Um, Anybody who's a math wizard they're already working on it. But anyway, um so I grew up in a in a going to church and reading the Bible about Jesus, being taught, you know, children's church and the the pastor's wife was a real musical lady and uh, uh, you know, we did musicals, all the kids' musicals from back there, way you know, way, way back in the um late seventies, early eighties. <laughs> and um it was, it was a good time. It was a good place to grow up. I mean, I knew a lot about Jesus. Um, it was always in front of my face. Uh, I think at a camp, uh, a Christian camp, uh, a Laterno Christian camp, if anybody knows that place. Um, I, uh, sort of rededicated my life to, to, Christ, maybe, you know, 10, 11, 10, 10 years old, something like that. Right around that same time we had some friends of ours, um, Visit another church and tell us about it, so my parents took myself and my brother, I have one other brother, he's three years younger than I am, um, to a place called Christian Hope Center, and that is what this where this church came from. that's where this church came out of. Um,
0: so they were there kind of towards the very beginning, like, hey, this little church is starting.
4: yeah yeah so cool. um, I, I, I think it was around 1984 when we first started going to that church, I would have been about 11 and we, there's some people here that were there at the time, I believe, or, or right around that time. And, um, my main man Hilton here, his parents and, you know, Bobby Fuller and, and, and Melissa Hughes. And well, there's a lot of people, uh, Joe and Janet contento over there. Um, were you guys there then you guys? Yeah. Um, just so many, so many people that are still here. And that's that right there is a testimony to to what God's been doing Come in on. this place. Um, generations. Yes, we have we have multiple generations here. But anyway, the pastor, Pastor Reverend Harry Jackson, who started that church, he uh, he, he, I think he was headed towards playing football for the the New England Patriots. So. He, and he was going to be a lineman, so just imagine. This guy looked like he could be an a lineman for the New England Patriots, okay? But this guy would dance, and play, he played the flute, and he worshipped God with all his might and all I his heart. I played the flute,
0: too. Where me and Harry Jackson were go. the same. You, you, know? s- <laughs> you,
4: you ever thought about He was joining... a
0: really big African-American man. You
4: ever thought about joining the this worship team? tiny I mean,
0: little white you know. girl. I, don't, I probably don't play flute as good as he okay. did, though. But now so he went it's, on to he, he went to a church in Washington DC. God called him there, and he went on to be a presidential advisor yes. to Donald Trump. so yes. he was in the White House you know giving spiritual advice, which I think is just so amazing. And you know, I, I read just an article about him, how people had criticized him just for you know this party or that party, but he's like, "You can't influence people in rooms that you're not in. That is and I love that philosophy. I'll take Jesus to whatever room I go to and and, Of course, I'm going to go into wherever I can influence people for the gospel. I think that's so cool. He has such a cool legacy here at Hope, and then his daughter now pastors his church in Washington D.C. as well. That's
4: awesome. Yeah. And I mean, you know, if it's kind of guy that God's going to use to influence the president, I mean, you know, that's and a heart for worship. That's the kind of person that God used to start this church. So that's where our roots are. That's where our spiritual roots and our foundation lies in. Um, we, you know, we definitely have a heart for, for worship here. We have the heart for God's house and for, oh. so when, when he did go to D.C., um, Pastor Dave Hackett and his family came up from from down in, I think it was, well, it's south. The, south. One of the Carolinas. Yeah. He came up and he began to teach us about Davidic worship and about, you know, if you read about King David and how, you know, even as a, a, a young lad, he was out there in the shepherd, or being a shepherd, out there in the fields with the sheep. And, you know, he would sing and, and he had a harp, he'd play to God, and he'd just worship. And he just, he just, you know, he was in his everyday life. He was doing his everyday thing. Not really a glamorous job at all. Um, but here was a man after God's own heart. Here was a young man that, that learned to relate to God. He learned how to just spend time with God. He knew how to wait on God. He knew that, you know, God could be here in my everyday life. I I think I was saying to somebody earlier, um, sometimes we get this wrong idea that, you know, we give our lives to God and he's going to like, God's not... Wanting to come to you and just take you out of your life and put you in a monastery somewhere. Although there are gifts and there's are, there are callings. I mean, God could call you anywhere to do something. That is true. But most generally speaking, he's not trying to take you and put you in a monastery somewhere. God wants you to invite him into your everyday, every, you know, your basic trenches come on. of life.
0: That's good preaching. Hey, and you're a worship leader here. You, you do that, you know, throughout the week and on the weekends. But what's your normal job? You have a manly man job.
4: <laughs> so I work for Steuben County uh, Department of Public Works. I was a um, snow, I was like a, a, I drove the snow plow, um, did road construction. I was on the highway department for 17 and a half years. So I was a guy out there flagging, getting in your way in the summer. I was a guy out there throwing the salt uh, on your car in the wintertime. Um, you know, how come they haven't filled that pothole? You know, bang. And then we fill the pothole, and then that stuff that doesn't set so great kicks up on your car. How come they use it? <laughs> anyway, um, so I did that for 17 and a half years, chased the weather. It, 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 I did the load the truck, or I drove the trucks, I loaded the trucks, and then I actually, for five and a half years, was a supervisor, and then was in charge of two different shops. It was insane. Um, I mean, God knew my heart. There's a lot of bad statistics that go along with that job. My heart goes out to everyone and those people that are still out there doing that. I mean, without them, you know, we'd have a mess. But um, anyway, one night it just worked out. I said the right thing to the right person. And, and I, you know, I'd be silly if I didn't, you know, give God all the credit because he's like, like the folks were saying earlier, God's always working behind the scenes. And he's, you know, doing things even before, even before you admit what your heart really is feeling or thinking. And so, late one night, I expressed my feelings to a guy that was my superior, and he was like, "Well, if you really mean that, go." You know. So there was a job in the parks. There was a guy that was about to retire, and I put in for it like that, like like on a spur of the moment. And God worked it out in one in one week. I was I was went from driving or uh, being insane hours all winter long, worrying about the weather. I mean, every little thing, whatever it did, it was stressful. It was. I have so many home videos of my kids. Hey, it's my birthday. And then dad walks through, you know, like growling at them, you know, quit having so much fun or something. I don't know. But anyway, um, I didn't That's want that. That's his son
0: over there. He's laughing. Yeah, there's one of them right there.
4: This is my youngest son, Chase. And uh, God has Woo. anointed him as well.
0: Come on. All your, all your sons following Jesus.
4: Yes, yes. All my sons. Come on. Uh, my last two sons recently were baptized. This—they're all been baptized and they are all going after God, and um, they love God, and I'm so thankful for that.
0: We got on a little bunny trail. Yeah, Maybe sorry we were about saying, that. So
4: God I do. created
0: you to do what you love to do. He didn't take you out of it and make you a missionary. You could worship even, you know, in your day job and right. here on the weekends and. Sorry, go ahead. Teach us about David and worship. I didn't
4: mean to go off on it too far, but I just, like, I do all kinds. Basically, I do chores. That's my job. I think
0: that's good. No, it's so relatable. Thank you.
4: Clean up after people and all that kind of stuff. Um, I chop wood for for heat for my home. I hunt, and I take care of the deer myself. So the less you think I'm, you know, I'm just kind of a regular guy, and I do regular guy stuff, and, um, yeah. And worship God. Yes. In um, all of it. You can can worship God while you're, you know, gutting a deer or while you're cutting firewood with a dull chainsaw. You can choose not to worship God and get upset about it, but, you know, just buy a new chain and move on. But anyway, um, so anyway, we have a heart of worship right from the beginning here in this place. And Uh Pastor Dave taught us more about the Davidic worship and about We would spend hours and hours and hours just waiting on God, and it's okay. Like sometimes, I mean, I know on Sundays we have kind of a schedule and, and things like that, but there's times, and it's best personally and, you know, throughout the week and whatever, you can spend as much time in the presence of God as you want. And that is all he really wants. He wants us to come to him, and, you know, we call this worship here, and it is. This is corporate worship. This is where we all come together. And we join our hearts together. And God can do things. You know, where two or more are gathered in my name, okay, God can do, God can do anything. But he's bound to do amazing things when the people of God come together. So that's a good reason. Don't, don't, well, you know, yeah, you can meet with God out in the woods. I've done it. I understand that. But you cannot meet with his people and what he wants to do as a congregation by yourself. Come I mean, that's on, that's good. Simple. All right. Both so, are important. So you need both. You need, you know, your daily every day, you know, and that's where you get to know God in your daily every day. You can experience him here, and that's, it's awesome, but your experience here is going to be so much greater and so much more fulfilling and so much more um, beneficial for you if you are already Opening yourself and giving yourself to God each and every day—that's where the real worship is. That's where the beginning of worship starts in your everyday, just giving your life to Him. First, there's something about first. There's something about when David said, King David, said, "I will seek you early." It's not a rule. It's not like, "Hey, you got to talk to get you know, you got to read your Bible early in the morning." But me personally. I really there's something about starting your day like just giving him surrendering it to him surrendering your day surrendering your heart and all its issues surrendering your body your mind your soul and your spirit just just starting it there you know he talks about us or his, him being our first love and if you go to him first everything else just falls into place if you go to him come on, first seek you'll first take his him.
0: kingdom and his righteousness and yes. everything else will be given yeah, unto you come exactly. on Exactly
4: so, so the daily is where you learn it, and you learn who He is, and you worship Him for who He is. And then when you come together with the people of God, it's just it's just so. It's like wow, I was made for this. This is this is right. This is where I am supposed to be. And um,
0: that's good. Yeah. That is what we we're made for. So uh, at nine, you were sharing a little bit how you grew up, kind of. Feeling the same kind of things Hannah did at some points, just religion and when that comes up in worship, teach us about that a little bit. Just you know.
4: Okay, so yeah, I remember growing up. um, My dad never came out and told me, but I always kind of felt like you know he just like there was this bar that I couldn't never quite get to, and I kind of transferred that over with our heavenly Father. Like, okay, I know you loved me, Jesus. You died for me. You shed your blood so I can come in your presence. But you know. I wish that I was whatever so that I could experience God like the people, you know, this person's obviously Holy Spirit's coming on, they're falling on the ground, they're laughing, crying, whatever, and there's been times where I'm like, what's wrong with me, why, there must be something, you know? And. It was just, I was all up here, and it's a religious thing. It's a favorite tactic. It's one of the most favorite tactics of the enemy. If he can take a good thing and wreck you with it, that's what he's going to do. So anybody here like me ever, like, just ever totally assaulted by, like, all these ideas, all these thoughts, you're not good enough, you know, that. remember that, what happened, or remember this, or all of those things that come at you, they're all lies, and you've got to shut it down, and you can shut it down. Jesus died on the cross. He paid the price for all the stuff. He, he, he opened the door. He ripped the veil so that you can step into the presence of God. It is not hard. All those lies and all those thoughts are trying to tell you it's too complicated. It's, it's more complicated than that. You're not, you got to do this. You gotta, No, you do not. He did it all. It's got nothing to do with Come you. Come on. Nothing to do with you.
0: Come like a child.
4: All you have to do is let all that crap go. Can I say crap on the stage? Yep.
0: Just did. <clears throat> I just did. <laughs> Ask for do, forgiveness, not permission, right? <laughs> all you got
4: to do is let it all go and let God just be. Come like, on. Just come and be with your Heavenly Father so and good. let him have his way in your heart. That is, that is job one. The work that we have to do is believe on on. him who he has sent believe in the one that has done everything for you he has given you his kingdom he has opened the doors wide open because of the blood of jesus and what he's already paid for so so worship the enemy wants you to think it's complicated and he wants you to listen to all this crap just get rid of it shut it down tell it to shut up because and you might have to keep doing it but Everything will shut up. Everything will stop, yes. except for the voice of the Spirit of God, except for Him. And that is the voice that you need to be hearing, and that's that's what we're after. Um, Come on. So,
0: You don't have to have all the right things to say to Him either.
4: Right. And this is just a tiny aside, but let me, let me I, I believe this. The enemy wants us to be deceived and to be distracted and to be kept from coming into His presence, to be kept from being the one that, experiences the love and the glory of God and then giving it back to him mainly because that was his job he blew it he totally blew it and now we get the mercy of God and we get offered we get put in that place and it is so amazing and he just hates that so anybody he can keep from worshiping God from taking all that stuff and giving it back to God he I don't know
0: That's good preaching. Thank you, Brian. It's,
4: it's, yeah.
0: You're imparting wisdom to us. So you came here as a little boy. Now you're a 50-year-old man, and you're a spiritual father in the house. You know, I love what God has done through all the seasons and the wisdom and the experiences that you have with him. Uh, You told us a story at 9 just about being, worshiping out there and trying to talk to God, and he spoke something back to you. Do you want to share that one?
4: Yes. so the Holy Spirit is most definitely, I mean, and in it, a person, Spirit of God, you are you are a person, and and it's not a formula. It's not a you do X, Y, and then Z will happen. Um, you that's why we need. It's so important that after you get saved, that you seek the Holy Spirit, that you get seek the infilling of Him, because we need to learn His voice, um, because He will say different things to you. I was right out there in the foyer that used to be, that used to be <laughs> a sanctuary out there. And right over there by the closet, and I wasn't up here. I was up here a lot. Um, but I wasn't up on the stage at the time. I was down and I was just worshiping and I and I was kind of striving a little bit. I was just, I was like trying to pour up my heart to God even better. But I was just, God, I love you. I, you know, I give you my life, I give you my heart. I just I don't I found myself saying these words. I said, I just don't know what to say. I don't I'm running out of the words. I'm running out of words. I don't have the words and I heard it in my soul. I I can't say it was audible, but it rung in my soul as clear as day. God said to me, then why don't you just be quiet? (laughs) Everyone else around me isn't being quiet. And so I just stopped and I just stood there and I just was who I was. And I let, I just, okay. I just said, yes, I said, okay. And I stopped and and the spirit of God just proceeded to like, I don't know if you could like fit a waterfall into a tiny area, but that's what it felt like he would just he just hosed me. He just wasted me inside and I just he just melted my heart. And he did something in me that day that I couldn't have done if I was just trying to it was almost like I fell into this drumming it up. You know what I mean? If you ever find yourself trying to conjure something up or drum something up inside, just stop just stop and just say spirit of god here i am speak to me i worship you you know here's my you know or just stop and just let him say come do what you want to do in me and just let him sometimes we talk too much and and it's good to let him talk to us or let him just do what he's going to do because it's better felt than tell if i can quote pastor dave again so it's good yeah. stop
0: trying so hard to make something happen trust him rest in him All right, so what is God teaching you as we go into this next year? What are you looking forward to in 2024?
4: Um, My wife and I, uh, Michelle, she's the lovely one of the two of us over there.
0: How long have you been Um, married?
4: We've been married for uh, 27 years. woo And, yeah. It's awesome. I'll tell you, the mercy of God on me and, you know, Michelle is just like the patience and, I mean... It's incredible. Um, But anyway, our kids are, this is our youngest, Chase, and he's just started college this year. So we are trying this whole empty nester type situation. And let me tell you, um, while they're here and while they're in your house, they feel, it feels a certain way. Like you care about them, you love them, you know, you pray for them, you want to try to do the best you can. Um, But when they are out of the house, it's worse I mean, I'm not going to try to scare you guys like with the kids still at home, but like what you have in your heart for them and you want everything to work out good for them, you know, you want to see them do well and you want to see the best for them. When they move out, it's like you feel that even more, but they're out there. You can't even, you know. So what I'm learning slash looking forward to is I have to... I feel a little angst in my heart, like like I wish, like like even if there was a way I could reach out and try to make their life a little bit better, or reach out and make sure that oh that works out for them, you know, because that's what I want as a father. I want everything good for them. Yep. And there's a place inside where, even though I can't do it, I'm like, eh. and I I have the Spirit of God has literally said to me, what you don't trust me with the lives of your children. And I have had to just be like, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, God, I didn't, I don't, you know, I'm trying to learn not to do that. And so that's what I'm trying to learn not to do. And we also have, we have a lot coming down the pike, I believe, with with our young people. I mean, there's, there's a fiance in the picture. There's another one that might be a fiance coming soon. Uh, but we also have like, We also have uh, aging parents and and things. In fact, I mean, there's... Right now, there's stuff going on. I mean, we literally got a call, like, right now, between the things, like, Michelle's dad's not doing great, and so we're going to be after this. But I'm like, of course it would happen now, right? Um, But anyways, looking forward to Emmanuel, God with us, who is his name is faithful and true to be who he is for us again and again in this coming this coming year faithful for our for our parents faithful for our kids lives and that you know he has a best for them and our prayer for them is that God for God's best for them and that he is the way maker he will make a way for them in these coming months and you know the year and everything he will make a way for us with aging parents and and just really hard situations that nobody teaches you about nobody trains you how to deal with you know these kind of difficult things and but the holy the good news is the holy spirit is our teacher he is our comforter he is the one that leads us into all truth and we can rely on him to do just those things and so I'm looking so forward for this church as we're talking a lot more about the Holy Spirit and like I loved having Richie here and um, it's just a taste of things to come because our desire for this place is not only to be baptized with with the Spirit himself but there's a baptism of fire that I think most of us have yet to see and I believe that that's something that he wants to pour out on us as well and it's just it's really cool to think about and i'm that's our heart that's our prayer for you know that we continue in worship to seek him to give him way and to to just just to get to know god more in his presence together as a as a family and as a church um i think it's awesome i love i love the direction that we're heading in and and it's, it's just going to get better. There's not The best is always yet to come, and I believe that for, for us as a church. So that's what I'm looking forward to. So.
0: You hear that heart? This is a man after God's own heart, too. Come on. I love hearing you talk about your kids. It makes me think of when God says to us, if you who are imperfect know how to give good gifts to your kids. How much more does your heavenly father know how to give good gifts to you? Yeah. And I think about your heart for your kids and just that father's heart, how it burns for them to be successful and be taken care of and be loved. And, you know, it's the same heartbeat that god the father has for us you know just that that longing to to have a relationship with us and then that longing for us to be able to trust him in the day to day and um just seeking him spending time with him it's the same kind of heart it's patterned right after god our father it's so beautiful thank you so much for sharing brian let's give it up for brian bailey so thankful for what god is doing in his life you know it's it's so awesome to see just a person planted from a young age and just how god takes you through seasons and you don't know what to expect you don't know you know what tomorrow holds but you know the one who holds tomorrow right you know that god's there and he's faithful and you can trust him and he's a good father Uh, as we get ready to close let's just close our eyes we're going to bow our heads We've been talking a lot about Jesus and how good he is and you know how all of our story, it starts with knowing him and how we don't have to come to him and try to earn something and try to be good and try to clean ourselves up. At the cross, Jesus already paid the price. He lived that perfect life. He gave his life as a sacrifice for us. And now his blood, it cleanses us, cleanses us from all the places that we fall short, the places that we're human the places that we're not god and he says because of jesus you can come to god you can come to me you can have a relationship with me jesus restored us to our father and and the way that we receive that gift of salvation is just by trusting in jesus and saying yes i believe that you did that for me and i choose to receive that for myself and right now, if you want to trust in Jesus, maybe this is the first time you've heard any of this or maybe like so many of our people today, you know, you knew Jesus at a young age. You didn't really know what that meant. I want to give you an opportunity to trust in him today. So we're just going to pray a prayer out loud. If you want to trust in Jesus, just repeat after me. We're praying together. We say, God, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I trust you. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses me thank you for your holy spirit who fills me will you teach me how to live for you show me what you want me to do show me how to rest in your presence pray this in jesus name amen that means let it be so